You're listening to Transform Squadron, a podcast by ZoneBase.org. ZoneBase is a site about robots, monsters, and misadventure. My name's Rob, and I have made things terribly complicated by naming the podcast something different than the website. I don't know, it's fun for me that way. It's now January. A brand new year is upon us. 2023 as we speak. It's 9.19 a.m. in the morning on January 16th to be specific. I hope everyone had a good Christmas, a good New Year's. I sure did. It's, It's just time to get this new year started. Speaking of this new year, there's there's a lot of fun stuff I'm looking forward to, and I'm sure you are too. There is... You know, we got, and on the Transformers front, Rise of the Beasts coming out. Uh, the new movie, I'm really looking forward to it. It's it's fun to say that I'm looking forward to a Transformers movie because that's how much I enjoyed the Bumblebee movie. So I'm really looking forward to this as both a fan of Transformers, a fan of the Bumblebee movie. I guess both was the wrong word to say because I was also about to say I really, I don't know where I'm going with this. I like Beast, I love Beast Wars, and there's a heavy Beast Wars contingent in this. I, I I like media mix type things, and Transformers movies tend to have quite a bit of media mix going on. I I I'm loving it. I am so excited. That's going to be the summer, so the next few months is going to definitely be exciting. Um, we keep getting little. Little sneak peeks and leaks of uh, various toys and stuff from the movies coming out. And what we've seen so far, I really dig. It's it's very hard for me as a Beast Wars fan who was very, very... What's the word? What's the word? Um, missing my Beast Wars representation in Transformers for a very long time. And that's not to say there hasn't been Beast Wars representation. Don't get me wrong. We had, you know, various Beast Wars characters get new toys and such over the years. We've had um, Beast Wars-like things such as Beast Hunters and the Jungle Planet and Cybertron, stuff like that. Things are very in the same vein and flavor. So don't get me wrong. But for someone who just really loves Beast Wars, it's nice to see all the extra attention it's been getting lately. And the stuff coming from this movie, absolutely, 100% am loving it. I really like the way the toys look so far. I know we haven't seen all of them. We've just seen a few of them leaked out and stuff. As as these things go, go, this happens every year. Um, Every time there's something new, it kind of finds its way out somehow. And... 
these are exciting for me. Uh, to my understanding, what we've seen so far is not the studio series figures, but the sort of mainline, um, more kid-friendly version. So I'm excited to see what the studio series look like, as these looks really great. You know, these are like... I don't know. What do you call that? Do you call it the core class? The, you know, when, when a Marvel movie comes out, you've got those $10 figures that are a little more basic. And then you have the Marvel legends, that kind of thing. Of course, there's also things like the super expensive, high, more high end stuff and all that. But I'm just kind of talking about what you would find generally in the toy aisle. Um, fungos, stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about. And with the Transformers movies, ever since, well, I guess ever since, they've always done sort of a, well, how do you really phrase it? Because they've done the more kid appeal toys, and then they've done the more older kid appropriate figures. I'm not sure how I'm phrasing that. With Snake Eyes, they did the more friendly kid line that was similar to those Marvel figures I just referenced earlier. And then of course they put the figures in the classified line. I've yet to buy a classified figure. I bought all sorts of other types of GI Joe toys, including toys from that snake snake eyes line. I, I guess I'm just weird that way. They, they interested me a little bit more. So this more general, it's hard to call it general retail, isn't it? Because they're going to be right next to each other on the shelves. I, I, I don't know. What do you call this? I guess just the straight-up movie toy line. While the studio series is an ongoing collector-aimed line. I, I, at this point, I don't know why they don't just call studio series part of Generations. Because I think it's on the cases and shipping manifests that it is Generations. I don't know why they make it separate. But I guess they do have their reasons and I'm not a billion dollar toy company so I, I don't know what it's like to run one um, but I think you guys know what I'm talking about the more ah, screw it those toys yes those those are what we've seen so far and they look great they honestly look like modern Beast Wars toys like you could have released these around the same time or alongside Kingdom figures and I think most people would accept them um I guess they're along the same vein as Earthspark or, um, where I forgot the name of it, Cyberverse before it. <laughs> I think they're along the same line as that, as far as uh, toy aim and scope goes. They look great. So I'm just looking forward to this a whole lot. Um, this looks great. One cool thing about those uh, more that general movie toy line <laughs> I'm kind of struggling to find something to call is they'll probably get more creative with that. The studio series stuff will be straight up representations of the toys as they appeared in the movie, you know, while these, they might do things, cool things like stealth versions and cool exclusives with weird color things and all that. They tend to do more fun stuff like that. So I'm really looking for, I'm looking forward to all of it. This looks like it's a good time. One cool thing, uh, a zoo out in Australia, please forgive me for not remembering the exact zoo name at the moment. Um, they're doing a cool rise of the beast promotion where, you know, it's just like the signage all over and they got like sort of a scavenger hunt you can do across the zoo with transformers characters. I think that's so super neat. You know, I'm, 
the wife and I are planning to go to the zoo recently. We try to go at least once a year. It's a fun time. And I would love to have a Beast Wars themed zoo trip. That would be super cool. Just a, even if it is just simple graphics put on the signs and a little map for me to follow with my phone app or whatever to find these things, I would have a great time doing that. I could see myself doing that. You know, last time I went to the zoo, they had these, uh, uh, robot toys in the gift shop that were transforming robot changers, some kind of generic name. They, they were th- clearly matched to go with the zoo and their animals you would find at the zoo that turn into robots. Um, I got a Jaguar one because you don't really see a lot of Jaguars. You always see things. Of course you see cheetahs, uh, or you see tigers or panthers and you see lions, but specifically a, uh, a Jaguar, uh, I didn't really see a lot of those. So I grabbed that one. Um, when I went, they only had those tigers and lions. So I grabbed that one. My wife was telling me I should have gotten all three of them, but I, I didn't. And I've seen other pictures of other zoos where they have more animals. So there's more, no, there's more to the line than just the three that were represented in the store that day. But I think if we go back, we're talking about maybe going back here soon. I think I'll grab that lion one. I just, something about lion in a lion in a transformable robot just comes across great to me. I think it's just that great, you know, when it comes to these non-transformer brand transforming robot toys, the lion's head is, the animal's head is usually the chest of the robot. And when you got a uh, lion's head, it just fills it out more, looks a little more filled out and it just looks so much more impressive to me so it's just something i'm i'm definitely down for i'm going to diverse here for a second i have you know i i've mentioned before here and since it's off the halloween season i'm trying not to be a little too spooky with the show here uh just for you regular listeners who've had enough of the half year I spend on the spooky stuff. Uh, but if you go to zonebase.org, there is regular spooky stuff on the site there too. So if you like the spooky stuff, we're in this together, guys. It's, 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 it's January, <laughs> but I'm watching, um, uh, I've got it on travel channel muted and paranormal caught on camera is on. Um, and I don't know what the clip they're showing is because it's muted. I just kind of looked up, but there is a videotape, a video clip. I keep saying videotape, even though we're just snapping little videos on our phones. But I still say videotape. I still say taping when I use my DVR too. But the the some country. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't a, a. I don't know what country it was because they had to use subtitles for the speaker. So obviously, they English wasn't their first language. Um, but where they had caught a video of a ghost um, by traffic, and it was like a a lady in sort of a dirty white outfit and long black hair. You know what you pretty much the standard ghost you're going to see uh, standing by the side of the road and they saw her. And when police were called, they came and all that was left was the outfit she was wearing. So I, I don't know what happened here. I not, not hearing it and only glancing up. I'm left off here a little, <laughs> but <laughs> Did she just drop her clothes and run? What the, what what happened here? But the the police responded by picking up the clothes with a stick and setting them on fire, which I guess if a ghost just leaves its clothes behind and runs, that's the best way to deal with this problem. Like, yeah, what you gonna do now? Cold out here, isn't it? 
But back to um back to what I was saying. I'm really looking forward to this movie. I think I mentioned it last time, but I'm just going over it again because it's gonna be to me this is a fun thing. I really enjoy movie time for all the cool media mix stuff, the you know Transformers logo on a random bottle of Dr. Pepper, you know, a candy bar, the weird go- walk in the Target and in the dollar spot, there's just like drawstring backpacks with the logo on it, you know, stuff like that. It's fun for me. This is something I, I almost enjoy it more than the movies themselves. But since I like Bumblebee so much, I'm, I'm right there, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, I also hope with along with those with that toy the more i guess movie straight up toy line that they do something along the lines of legions or a lower price toy maybe core class because i you guys know me i'm a sucker for those i love those with the bumblebee movie we had the energetic nighters uh line which had a variety of figures but the low priced uh ones i just went nuts for i love collecting stuff like that i really do and i guess turbo changers or these we call them one step changers are along the same line as that just sort of low end figure line they're fun to collect you know they're inexpensive there's several versions a lot of times you'll have things like like i said those weird color choices i'm a sucker for that stuff and i look forward to collecting that Earthspark, uh, the new Transformers cartoon on Paramount Plus, you know, I've talked about in the past, and I'm sure you're well versed with it. Its toys are starting to hit shelves now. Actually, I saw in Target this past week two of the larger, uh, simpler ones, I guess, Twist, the Twist and Turny Transformers, whatever you call them. And they had several Megatrons in the deluxe figure. No one else, just Megatron. And then it had a couple of uh, Turbo Changers. So I grabbed Bumblebee. I um, actually grabbed quite a bit of things this weekend. So I just grabbed Bumblebee just to keep the money on the low end. I try not to spend more than a certain amount each weekend on toys. Just keep it under control, man. Uh, so I just did that. I think this coming weekend I'll buy a few more of those. And I'm just... I think I think with Earthspark... <laughs> Like aside from the occasional deluxe figure, it'll probably be mostly the warrior class and turbo changers I'll buy from that. That's what I did with Cyberverse. You know, I, I buy a lot of Transformers as is. And when it comes to the like Cyberverse, I enjoyed the simpler toys more than the deluxe ones. I got the deluxe toys, but I think you get what I'm saying. It's I've said it a thousand times before, those simpler toys have more of an old school vibe to them. And I just, I had such a good time with them in that way. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. I I need to open up Bumblebee. I think I will hear a little bit later after I record this. I have a quite a bit of things I need to do around the house and, you know, and I got to exercise and stuff like that. But Bumblebee will be opened up to play with here soon. It's because I love me a turbo changer. You know, when those first came out as one steps, I went nuts and was buying every single one I could. And then eventually when that fever roamed down, I just got to buying plenty of them. Not every single one I could. Sometimes I regret falling off the completionist bandwagon, but I'm not losing any sleep over it. You know, like it's a fun thing. Like I said, these inexpensive things are fun to do like that. Such as the Authentics, you know, those that discount store Transformers line. I have a lot of fun with that, partially because it's inexpensive. You know, it's just fun to just spend a few dollars and grab one. Um, 
the smaller class, I think they're actually just straight up calling those core class now, which very much has simplified it for people like you and me. The $5 class looks to have a Optimus Primal in it. I'm sure the price will go up like everything else is. Uh, hopefully not too much, but the Optimus Primal looks great. I can't wait to get that. They have the uh, Titan Changers. I've seen those in stores. I haven't bought any Titan Changers. They are tempting, though. I just have I just haven't made the splurge yet. I will. Um, Titan Changers, of course. You know, Titan class figures are. It's really confusing. I've I made mention before how I dislike Hasbro's naming conventions, being that's confusing. You know, you got the Titan size transformer that comes out every year. It's really big. Costs about what one fifty, one eighty. You know, the big guy, two-foot-tall robot each year. It's exciting to get it each year. But then they got these discount figures, and they're great. Obviously, they sell tons of them. They're like 12 inches the size of a doll, and they're very inexpensive. And if you ever wonder why they make those when they seem like they just sit around, they cost like around a penny each to make gross. <laughs> and they make a ton of them. You know, say Walmart buys a bunch of them, they just sit there. They even make profit on them when they go on clearance. And stuff like, you know, grandma's at the Dollar General. She'll see Spider-Man and grab one for her grandkid. And they just made bank. You know, even if they bought full price, clearance, whatever, they're super cheap toys. They're sold to be discount figures. And I've noticed them actually getting their own fan base, people who prefer to collect those. I think they're along the lines of, like... People who prefer 12-inch doll styles figures, you know, your 12-inch G.I. Joe style figures, your Mego collectors, that type. I've seen them buy a lot of them. Or this past, uh, last year at Toy Lana, on the Sunday, I brought my mother along with me because she likes to collect dolls. And I walked with her into the doll room for a little bit while I was waiting for Sean to meet up with me. And I noticed several of those in the little bins for people like... You know that when you go to a con, there's always those boxes and bins on the floor of like $5. There's a ton of those in there. Um, so clearly they got their market with adult collectors too. Well, with the Transformers ones, you know, they've been doing the Titan Changer ones, which actually transform. I don't know how well they are. I haven't bought any of them. I probably should just because I've pretty much gotten every authentic so far except for those guys. So I don't really have an excuse. Just... They're certainly not expensive, so I, sh I shouldn't not buy them. Um, I think the only regular authentic I haven't gotten so far is Wheeljack. The what do you call that? Lar they use Alpha and Bravo as the size classes, and I think they're switched over to the smaller five dollar class to call them Core now. But the larger ones, I don't know what they call them. The reason I that Alpha and Bravo, it's hard to keep up with because every site I see it on seems to flip it around. Like they can't keep up with them either. Uh, someone's obviously better than that than I am. But the Wheeljack in that class, I'd like to get him because he looks pretty great, especially for just a little $10 figure. I know a lot of old geezers like me remember when a deluxe was like $7, but, you know, times have changed. So a $10 inexpensive figure, can't go bad, can't go wrong. It, it, it's cheaped out a little. There's some. It's a larger figure, so obviously they're going to hollow it out, but... Wheeljack looks like they did a pretty good job with him. So look, I'm looking forward to getting him. Okay, so getting back to this paranormal caught on camera on in the background. there. This is actually a uh, special they did where they did several episodes, like a 100 top video countdown or whatever. And 
this video, I absolutely love it. I've seen it a million times. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's, I believe, somewhere in Mexico, and they kept capture a bruja flying over the mountains. The bruja is a witch. That's uh, just a term for witch, uh, what's called there. And the witch is flying over the mountain. And it's not a very good uh, capture of it. It's an older clip. Um, looks like it's one of those one of those inexpensive cameras you might get like a Vivitar or whatever from for like $50, one of those type of video cameras. Maybe not, maybe it's just an old, cheaper video camera, but it's very grainy, kind of hard to make out. It's in Monterey, Mexico. I'm glad they popped that up on screen so I can tell you where it was. And the, the witch is just flying over. There's not a, you can't really see the broom, but she's posed as if she would be riding a broom. And she's flying over the mountains. Um, you know, what's, me loving Halloween as much as I do, it's obviously no surprise that I'd like that I'm fond of the classic witch visage as I am. <laughs> but when I say this is absolutely ridiculous, I mean it is it's it's it looks like a shadow. It's too far away to really make out any details. So it's just a shape and it's kind of kind of it just kinda of looks black because of the cheap the lower quality camera resolution. Like the, the a lot of us in uh who watch these paranormal videos is like to say potato quality. <laughs> like they filmed it with a potato. Um, so you know what I'm talking about. And you've probably seen this video too, if you're like me and constantly delved in the paranormal world. Uh, but this witch is flying over some mountains and the crowd, there's a crowd of people like, Oh, oh no. Um, a lot of people clearly afraid of the bruja up there in the air. But what makes it so great is it, this witch is not in a hurry. She's like puttering along like if you're afraid she's coming after you, you just casually walk away and stop by the store and grab a pizza and really take your time getting away. You're okay. She is not in a hurry. Whoever she is chasing, maybe she's just like going to grandma's house and she doesn't really want to go. You know, when you go see that family member and you stop like every single gas station on the interstate getting there, <laughs> maybe she's doing that. But back to back to robots. I'm definitely looking forward to that Optimus Primal. And those Titan Changers I spoke of, they got an Optimus Primal and Cheetor coming out. I I just haven't bought any Titan Changers. Uh, maybe I will. They're not expensive. I think they're like what twelve bucks. I could easily get the whole line in a weekend and not sweat it. You know, um, definitely looking forward to that. But like I said, I do hope there's some more. And, and you know news on these things is really vague you know you go to these news websites they'll cover the main stuff the studio series the main lines whatever when it comes to all the inexpensive stuff they're not too clear on that um i guess they have their reasons i guess they're looking out for the serious adult collector uh that or whatever but i guess for us that like to have fun and they like to leave us out when it comes to that so i guess we'll just have to see as it goes and make make more sense of the news when it comes out. You know, they might put some listings up, but they don't really go into anything under a certain price class for some suspicious reason. Might have to do with those sponsors they have. I don't know. But hopefully we get four tips. I'd love to, I'd love to get uh I'd love to get a cheetor, like just a simple core class style cheetor 
that gets recolored a lot of times. You know, like Shadow Panther or Tigatron or Cat Scan. You know, really fun recolors. Get that stealth version from Beast Machines. You know, it could be the same mold but represented in all these colors. You know, with the Beast Wars um, Transmetals fighting game that was on PlayStation and N64. A lot of the fun I had with that was all the alternate color schemes. You know, that was a lot of fun. You had, um, you know, Tigertron was represented that way, and of course Ravage, but then you had weird colors. And there was one that looked close enough to CatScan to pull off, even though it didn't look a lot like CatScan. Just stuff like that, you know? And I don't care if they don't actually rename the Cheetor. They could just call it Cheetor, and he's just green for some reason. We'll know who he is. You know, we'll know who he is. It'll be fun that way. Or cool glow-in-the-dark version. You know, I was thinking about that the other day. When the live-action movies started, Those the toy lines were very fun. You know, they had non-movie non characters based off of vehicles. Like the Osprey, the soldiers are flying in. That was made into an excellent toy. Um... The SUVs, stuff like that. Those are like my favorite figures from those movie lines where those non-show characters. They did a lot of cool stuff like that, but they would do cool recolors of the main guys, like for different store exclusives and stuff. Like they had those trans-scanning ones that were half clear and half colored and stuff like that. Um, I remember there was this Walmart uh, exclusive line. Now I forget what they call what they called it for the release of Dark of the Moon. It had some recolors in it and had a side swipe and like a blue and yellow deco. I part of me wants to say colored like his um the G2 GoBot sideswipe, but it's kinda that's kind of a stretch because there's like a mix of blue and yellow in there. It's almost almost like a Wolverine costume, but I really, really like that. I love the way that looked and I like movie versus sideswipe as is that bay verse version of sideswipe i always really liked the way he looked i thought he was super cool um so it was really cool to see that design in these cool alternate colors you know that's stuff i'm really looking forward to when it comes to the movie and i mentioned earth spark there i'm definitely enjoying kingdom excuse me legacy i i've I fell upon an old word. <laughs> Legacy as it's been going. I've definitely there's I got two more figures in the Cybertron um excuse me, the Velocitron Speedia collection. I need the drag strip recolor whose name I've forgotten and Crasher. I got my mother gave me Galaxy Shuttle for Christmas. Uh she had saw me on Facebook posting it and pre-ordered me one. Whoa, that was a surprise. Um, but definitely really enjoying that little subline. I'd like to complete them all. I, I do hope if they are making G2 versions of the Stunicons that Motormaster gets a reissue because I totally missed out on Motormaster. And so here I am with Stunicons with no Motormaster. So hope, hope that gets a reissue or I luck up on one that didn't sell out or whatever at some point. Uh, looking forward to Legacy period. I, I wish they would drop the generation's name and just call them Legacy because I just find that a better name altogether. You know, I just Legacy makes better, better sense to me than Generations. I mean Generations obviously describes what's going on but it's been going on so long and you've had things like Power of the Primes and Titans Return and Siege and all that so Legacy which 
seemingly doesn't really have a theme other than the legacy characters. You know, it, to me, that makes a better name to it. But with legacy, we got the legacy evolutions coming. And of course, we got great new updates of figures. We got the cool junkions and stuff like that. So I'm super excited. And core class is getting a getting a lot more attention. I, I really like core class. Uh, as for someone who likes to buy and collect these smaller, less expensive lines, um, this is a great current version of that. You know, I was a big fan of legends backslash legions backslash commander class cyberverse. All every name Hasbro has come up for these things. I love spy changers, GoBots, those guys, micromasters, that sort of thing. Um, core class is a nice newer version of it. I, they're, they're like this nice, happy middle ground. I haven't found one yet that felt like something was being sacrificed for something else. And I'm very, it's very cool. Well, before I get into anything else, guys, it's a new year. And we all have resolutions we make. One resolution a lot of people make is eating healthy or eating better. And I... I don't make that resolution. I try to eat healthy as is. I'm not saying I don't splurge and don't have junk food on occasion. I totally do. But for medical reasons, just for my own well-being, I try to watch what I eat, you know. And so I'm going to give you guys a recipe that I really like. And maybe you guys will like it too. And I don't know if this is really healthy or whatnot, but it's definitely not super bad for you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys how to make French bread pizza. And French bread pizza, we all we all know the frozen French bread pizza as you get in the aisle or whatever at the grocery store. It's along those same aisles, but we're going to make our own. And when I'm doing this, I'm going to give you guys multiple options here so you can make it your own. Now, when I'm saying French bread, that's the bread base we're going with. Now, here's the thing. You don't got to use French bread. Say you see a flatbread at the bakery. You know, if you're in the, the bakery section of your grocery store, if you're at a bakery, whatever, buying this, you can use a flatbread. Uh, you could you can use a bagel. You could, you know, if you got some already made pizza crusts or you know how to make a pizza crust, use that. But I'm using French bread as the basis for my description here. Now, when you buy a French bread loaf, we all know what it comes in. It's a loaf. <laughs> you know what it looks like. And they generally, when I buy them at Walmart in their uh, deli section, it generally costs just a little over a dollar. It's like a dollar fifty for one. It used to be a dollar. Now they're a dollar fifty, but that's not bad at all. Some places they cost more. I guess it depends on the store. One thing I also like about buying them at Walmart is they have less sodium. I have to watch the medical thing I watch out for is sodium. I've got a reduced sodium diet and Bread's got a lot of salt in it. You know, there's just a lot of sodium in bread. The one at Walmart definitely has less than the one at Kroger. So I tend to buy it there. It's It costs less and you know, better for me personally. So double benefit here. The only problem is my Walmart is not good at watching those expiration dates. So you really need to make sure you get one that won't go bad before you can eat it. Um, but you get your loaf of bread and you want to cut it. First off in half, cut this loaf in half. Imagine you're making a sandwich with it. That's the way you're cutting it. And then cut that in half. So you're getting four sections out of this thing. Now, I'm not telling you how much food to eat. 
but we're going with one of these quarter sections for this recipe. Now, next thing you need is some sauce. Um, when it comes to making pizza, you want some pizza sauce or you want some marinara sauce. I've, I've seen people try to use spaghetti sauce and it never comes out right. Maybe you're better at it, but I'm suggesting marinara or pizza sauce. And, you know, I was just mentioning my, um, low, lower sodium intake. I get this brand called Yo Mama. Yo Mama makes this one. They make all sorts of sauces and condiments that are lower salt, no sugar added, that kind of thing. Um, and their marinara sauce, I can't, couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but it's pretty low. It's pretty low sodium. There's no sugar added. Um, they make barbecue sauce, all that stuff with the same idea. And I'm buying this at a grocery store, you know, I'm buying them on Amazon. I'm buying them at Walmart. I'm buying them at Kroger. So clearly it's not some being made in someone's kitchen and sold over the counter, but it would, you could fool someone and say it is because it really has that homemade quality to it. You know, if you, you're at a farmer's market or a flea market and there's someone selling stuff in jars or they made their own jellies or whatever, you, it could pass for that. Like just the way it, it's, it doesn't have that, you know, when you buy these things in stores, it's, it's not like that. It almost ha has that homemade quality to it. It's a little gritty. There's chunks of veggies in it. There's, you know, it's a little water. You got to mix it up. It, it really seems like it just came off of someone's stove. It's really pleasant that way. And they have uh, various varieties. Uh, the standard marinara. I got one that had some uh, cilantro. It's like a cilantro one. That one's really good. And But whatever sauce you want to get, you want to get some generic pizza sauce, whatever, this is on you. Now, you want to get you a, just a teaspoon out or a tablespoon and get you a spoonful out and spread it. Now, first off, I'll, I left this out. Preheat your oven. Now, when it comes, if you're using the different breads, like I mentioned earlier, go with what their instructions say. You might have to experiment some because I'm not telling you anything. But when it comes to this portion of French bread, I like to put it on 400. And I get this thing going at 400 and let it preheat while I'm making it. It's going to take me longer to describe how to make this than it will take you to make one. So it will preheat in enough time while you're doing this. And get yourself a pan out. Put you some foil down. I like to use parchment paper personally uh, if you want to use foil. Just so you can get your pan dirty. Put your bread on there. But you get your teaspoon or your tablespoon. I tend to use a teaspoon. And get you a spoon of that sauce out and spread it over your loaf. And you're probably, this portion, this, uh, the, this portion of the loaf you've cut out, you're probably going to use about three teaspoons. You know, you can put heavy sauce on it if you want. A lot of people like a lot of sauce. Uh, I certainly do too, but once again, you can go overboard with sauce and put too much on there. You can make it <laughs> you can over too. It can be bad for you. Put too much sauce for you, or you can just end up on a messy pizza. But about three tables, three spoons of this spread out seems to do it pretty well. But your own, each his own. Do what you want to do. Now you're gonna need some cheese. You know, get you get you that bag of cheese. You know, at the grocery store. Uh, I prefer Kraft. Um, you know, honestly, I don't mind the Walmart kind. My wife doesn't like it as well. She says it doesn't taste the same. Um, but I don't mind the Walmart kind. But the point is you get you some shredded cheese. Um, so whatever, whatever your preference is, if you prefer a craft or a store brand or Sargento or whatever, you know, if you like sliced cheese as well, you could use slices. It all, it all works fine here, but I'm saying, I'm just going, I'm saying shredded cheese just for example, cause that's, that's kind of the standard. 
and I tend to go with the craft kind, um, just just out of preference. And you want to sprinkle it over the top. Put you a good bit of cheese on. Obviously, you can put more if you like a lot of extra cheese. You can put less if you don't like a lot of cheese. But you can get you a good covering going on. You know, the nutritional guide will tell you a quarter of a cup. You'll probably use that much. That's that's probably a realistic amount. That's what you'll end up using. But you get get spread out over your pizza good. Now, following that up, you can just use have a cheese pizza if you want. Or maybe you want some toppings. So... If you want some toppings, go crazy. That's up to you. You know, I like banana peppers. A couple of banana peppers or I get the low sodium kind of pepperoni and I'll put like maybe four on there. Like just keep it, watch what I'm doing because I love pepperoni. But obviously, if I'm watching that sodium, I'm watching that pepperoni. And you're going to cut this up into pieces, or at least I do. So if I put four on there, I got a pepperoni in each slice. So it works out pretty well and I can watch what I'm eating. But... This is up to you. Go ahead. Put you some meat on there. Put you some veggies on there. Whatever whatever you want. Put it on there. But just remember, the more you put on there, the more you're going to have to cook it for. So it gets cooked as well. And that goes for the cheese, too. If you put too much cheese on it, you're going to have to adjust your cooking time. And that's going to take a little experimentation on your part. Because what I'm going to tell you to cook it for is what I do. Now, another thing I like to put on there is... I take a little Mrs. Dash. I got all sorts of Mrs. Dash. It's a no sodium seasoning. I got them and I also have um, McCormick makes a good version of no sodium seasoning. And I'll either take the Italian seasoning or the garlic and herb one and just kind of sprinkle some over the top, add a little extra flavor. That's up to you. Maybe you want to put some garlic powder on there or some garlic salt or some sort of whatever seasonings. That's up to you, but it may, I like the way it tastes. And then I'm done. I'm ready to cook my pizza. My oven's been preheating this whole time. I stick it in there for 10 minutes. I found 10 minutes cooks it just right. You know, sometimes when you make these things, you end up cooking the bread too hard and you just got not even toast, like a rock of bread that's hard to eat off of. But the 10 minutes seems to do pretty well. The bread's nice and chewy while still toasted. Everything's cooked and melted and just the way you want it. It works out perfect for me. Experiment a little, you know, which are different to- toppings or whatever. You know, obviously you've got a little hit or miss there. So it might take you one or two of these to really find your rhythm. But it comes out and I cut it in fours. That way I can really take my time eating. And I often have a small salad with it. Um, that's up to you what you want to eat with it. Maybe you've got the whole loaf you made a pizza with. I'm eating one of these, these quartered portions I'm telling you about. Um, but you got a meal. That isn't totally terrible for you. And I can't say it's not healthy, but I can say it's not terrible, you know. Obviously, you shouldn't eat it every day, but you got yourself a tasty meal, and in your mind, you're eating junk food when you're probably not, you know. Especially if you use better quality ingredients than others, you're eating a pretty decent meal. But there you go. See, most, most of these podcasts and sites and all that they ain't doing what I just did. I told you how to eat some. <laughs> you probably already know, but I thought that'd be fun to talk about. One other thing I wanted to talk about this month before we get out of here. And I don't think I, okay, we're going back to paranormal caught on camera for a second. The video now is where a frozen alien body has been found in some snowy mountainside. Um, <laughs> 
I, I don't know. <laughs> What's without the audio, <laughs> you kind of lose a little bit here. And I'm just kind of looking up, like I said. But this clip is where they're in some sort of snowy countryside in Russia. It's in uh, Russia, Siberia, to be specific. And it's a snowy mountainside, rural, rural country area. And they found the body of an extraterrestrial dead, of course, just sitting in the snow. And it looks like it's missing a leg where an animal ate it. And someone is sitting there. They got some subtitles here for some of the people. And one one guy looks like a news clip is saying it was a mannequin made with chicken salad. I don't know. <laughs> you know, some of these you watch and you're like, you're kind of taken aback. You're like, whoa, what is that? You know? And then some of these you see and you just don't stop laughing. This thing, I... I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where I always want to give someone the benefit of a doubt, especially the more people believe in it. I'll be like, you know, I want to believe you, but you're not really convincing me with this video. Um, <laughs> it just looks like a dead squirrel <laughs> or a monkey. I don't think they have monkeys over there, but I, I don't know. I, Aliens are one of those things I want to believe in, and I I, I think there's absolutely uh, a po- you know got to be a possibility of more to life out there than what's here on Earth. You can't convince me that there isn't some something else out there. Is what I'm saying. However, none of these examples I ever see convince me. So, <laughs> so I, I, they're always just fun, really funny to me. It's. Um, we get back to what I was talking about. I don't know how to really segue into this, but I thought it would make a good just topic for an episode of this. And that would be this bootleg Robotech model I get all the time as a kid. And that was really vague, uh, the way I just described that. But, you know, the tail end, I, I think it was toward the end of Robotech was when they shifted to, uh, dubbed episodes of Mospita, Mospita, I'm probably saying it wrong. So work with me if I'm saying it wrong. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, that era of Robotech. They shifted toward that. Um, it was definitely, when I was a kid, I think I liked it a lot better than the Maycross stuff. As an adult, only thing I ever watch, I watch a Maycross ever is the Maycross stuff. And that's just because... You know, you, you go buy... I Like, I got a Robotech box box set, and it's just the Maycross stuff. You know, when I watch... it's Robotech is pretty much on every streaming platform, I think. And when I decide to watch from Robotech, I just watch a couple of the first episodes. So I need to really sit and just watch through the whole show again. But when I was a kid, I definitely preferred it when it got to that tail end of it. I thought the bike, the motorcycle uh, suits were cool. I liked the Invid Shock Troopers, that sort of thing. I thought they were great, you know. Um... When it comes to the Robotech toys, I got my old, I think Matchbox released them. My Invid Shock Trooper was always one of my favorite ones because they're so, so awesome, you know. But, <clears throat> good year too. And you know, with Robotech, before I go any further, Robotech had a lot of weird stuff. Like, they'd have model kits and toys that were just other robot lines that weren't specifically used in the cartoon would get just released under Robotech banner. There was Blockman by Takara, uh, which was like a cool set of 
uh, these little figures like block robots and you could put them together and make stuff with them. I've talked about this a lot on zonebase.org. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you if you're not reading my site, you're really missing out. I, I'm just saying, obviously, if you read my site, you know, I cover all sorts of stuff like this, kind of whatever I feel like talking about when I'm writing, I'll talk about. But um, Blockman was definitely released under Robotech, as was, um, I can never say this name right, Son of Fang Dugram. Uh, a lot of those were released on Robotech. My brother had so much of that, the different models and stuff, that I was so used to seeing that robot around that when I actually found out what it was, I was like, wow, that's really cool. One day I'll watch this cartoon. <laughs> but I just I know of it mainly from Robotech. And my point is basically just a lot of stuff got released as Robotech toys under different things like models and extras that weren't necessarily on the cartoon. However, the Mospita, Mospita, however you say it, <laughs> pardon me, um, definitely was. Well, not long after it ended, like I'd say a good, eh, I don't know when Robotech officially ended because it just kind of faded out on its own and there are still toys under Robotech banner on shelves. And depending on who you ask, it never ended and that's, that's perfectly true because there's constantly something with the Robotech label release, you know, newer cartoon. There's those CGI movies they made or every once in a while they release, you know, some sort of toy or whatever with the label. There's always something Robotech out. Uh, but I'm talking about that original run in the eighties when it kind of faded out. I know that's when I was, I remember I got my Invent shock trooper at like KB toys on clearance around that time. And like, the uh, Battle Pod. They were at. There's a store we'd often go to as a J.C. Penney uh, outlet center, where it was like um, the outlet clearance stuff from the catalog center, and they had for a while Robotech toys because they're just the leftovers. So I didn't sell from the catalogs uh, for cheap, and I got my Battle Pod that way. Um, that stuff. It was toward this time, and. Kroger, this Kroger, we'd always go to get groceries from. My mom was very generous with giving my brother and I change to get the little cheap toys out of the gumball machines. I will 100% admit to this day, thanks to doing that, as well as things like muscle and battle beasts and stuff, is why I'm so much into things like Keshi now as an adult. Uh, Because these little gumball figures, and a lot of times these gumball figures would be bootlegs. I didn't know what a bootleg toy was when I was a kid, but these were turned out were bootlegs of all these cool other toy lines. And that's, that's some of my entryway into knowing all this stuff. Like I've got a Keshi of this one robot figure and it turned out it was a super Sentai Keshi. Um, I've gotten He-Man little Keshis out of these things where they were like down, like straight up made molds from He-Man action figures. And however they got them that small little rubber Keshi figures of uh, He-Mans, they did make some little small rubber uh, Masters of the Universe toys like that. So I don't know if these are made from those or not, but I definitely got some of these out of those things like these coin machines or ticket redemptions at arcades. You know, you win so much ski ball. A lot of times, you know, I did buy these things in bulk from somewhere like Oriental Trading Company or whatever. And it, be these unlicensed little knockoffs basically of real toys in these big bags they buy to fill these things with um yeah i got like lots of godzilla stuff like 
Ultraman characters and stuff. Like a very Ultraman was on TV, but I wasn't born yet. Uh, odd reruns on weird channel. If you if you had cable in the eighties, you know what I'm talking about. You just that weird one weird channel that'd be showing stuff like random reruns of HR Puff and stuff or whatever. And there's always that person saying, "Well, it's not documented." You're right, it's not. I, they probably weren't doing it legally, you know, or if you'd get those old uh, discount video bins, you know, any at any time you can walk into a Walmart and there's that bin of discount DVDs for $5 and it's a mixture of older movies or just kind of straight to video movies and stuff like that. In the VHS days, you'd find some straight up weird stuff. Like it'd be compilations of old cartoons or like dubbed in English productions like robot cartoons like super robot cartoons made into movies and epics like these uh tokusatsu productions you know where they took episodes of them and just basically edited it into a movie and it'd be like giant gary robot or something it has some ridiculous name like i've got one called like magnos the robot and i don't know what ser- I, I i can never remember the proper name of this series but they took basically episodes of that and made a movie out of it and dubbed it into english or a lot of us have defenders of space from those dollar dvd bins where it was a bootleg of inferno the transformer used i think it was it was this around the diaclone era but that toy they even they, they had they had the balls to make a bootleg Inferno toy into the official figure from this. Those are out there. If you can find one, <laughs> you know, Phoenix King, that's his name. And these weird discount videos where they would steal designs, um, for whatever reason, this stuff was very prominent when I was a kid. So I had an idea who Ultraman was, but I learned of Ultraman before I knew his name. I just knew of him from as space robot toy. Cause these cards on these gumball machines would say things like, Space robot, fantasy soldier, alien mutants, or some generic name like that. And that's part of where a lot of the stuff, the names I come up with now came from is that sort of thing. Um, but in these gumball machines, I would just every week get one out of the Kroger. We'd go to a lot for like a few months had, and they called it like space robot. It wasn't, it wasn't anything official. And I think it was just like some generic robot art on the card. But in there was, must be the model kits. Like, these are very small model kits. I think that they were definitely knockoffs. But they were definitely, um, they were definitely, I, I want to say they're like gum kit knockoffs. Because they're about that size. They're, you know, don't get me wrong. These weren't like super elaborate things. There's just a few pieces. But we, and they'd be in there as the same kit. It was the, it was the one you think of when you think most of it. The bike, the variable, um, VR-52. I'm, I'm butchering the name, but I think, yeah, the bike, uh, suit. You were the riding the motorcycle in the exosuit and it merges with them and makes the larger robot form that one. The, when, when you think, Mospita or those late later episodes of Robotech, the cool bike cart outfits, those. Um, it was it was that. It was nothing but those, but it'd be in multiple colors. You know, white, yellow, I got a couple blue ones. And it was a very simple kit. Like it didn't even have instructions, but you could look at it and tell how to snap it together. And it was fairly articulated. Like it didn't transform or anything. Don't get me wrong. It was just the 
bike exosuit form uh, as a figure, and it was fairly articulated. You could bend it at the uh, the legs at the waist and at the knee. The head would swivel, and the arms would move at the shoulder. Pretty articulated for essentially a fifty cent toy. Um, and like I said, multiple colors and. The more colors I would get, the more I it dawned on me I could mix them up. So I'd have like blue and white parts, yellow and white parts, stuff like that. Like I would, you'd end up with more white ones than you would with other colors because you know the randomization of how they'd come out. But I'd start mixing up the parts to come up with different color combinations. My brother would paint them. He was he was real crafty back then. He did a lot of models, um, more than I do. Uh, but he would get out the model paints and paint them up, you know, got the war hammer and paint them up. I, I made a bomber man out of one of them. I, and if you look at, if you're hearing me say that, you know, bomber man has, so what you think of, when you think of bomber man, you think of the specific cute bomber man that you, we all know and love, but real ones know he has several different representations, different, uh, art depicting them or whatever well at the time here here in america that box cover for the nes game that you'd rent at the local video store had this sort of serious art with a space armor and it looked enough like this to me that that was what i based this bomberman custom on I, these little model kits were great i wish they still i wish i could give you guys a better explanation Explanation. What is it? Explanation of uh, this kit in general. I've Googled it a lot. I've Googled and I've looked a lot of Instagram. Instagram is a great place to find stuff. Uh, I have a hard time finding this specific one. So, But it was obviously a bootleg. And like I said, it had to be a gum kit. It had to be a gum toy kit that it was made from. And it was there in those machines for a good couple of months because I, I had plenty of them. I remember when they replaced them back again with the, you know, <laughs> alien mutants of variety, whatever. I didn't complain. It was a little sad because that was super cool. It's definitely cool. That's the stuff I really, that's a moment of time you, you had to have been there to appreciate. Like bootleg toys exist now. We all know this. <laughs> But for a while there, it was wild. It'd just be the weirdest place. Like I said, those gumball machines, you'd get like weird, you know, common rider Keshi. And it'd just be called, it'd just say something like medieval warrior or something on the cover. You'd, it was so weird what you'd get, you know, or one I always talk about and people don't, don't listen to me enough on this one. If you're into such weird stuff, check out the party supply selection at your local stores, like your dollar stores or um, even Walmart. Go to those party su uh, supply areas. And when they have those like gift bag, like prize things, look through those. Every once in a while, you'll find something weird. Like you, you can always expect to find things like plastic dinosaurs, which don't overlook plastic dinosaurs. Sometimes you'll find some cool little things in those. But every once in a while, you'll find some really neat stuff. Like, like I remember, I'm still kicking myself to this day for not buying these. Um, now, the first time I saw these was in the Oriental Trading Car, uh, Company catalog. I used to get those regularly. Uh, when I was younger, uh, college age, I was very 
much looking into starting a business where I would have gumball machines. Um, it costed way much more than I could afford at the time, but I was really honestly, seriously looking into doing this and my gumball machines were going to be cool because it would have all these cool knockoffs. You get what I'm saying? And in one of this Oriental trading card, I'm, I keep saying trading card, but it's Oriental trading company catalogs. They had, they had street fighter two cashy bootlegs. It just said like martial art figures, like assorted variety. You know, you got like a hundred of them in a box for like however much it costs to buy them. And you know, so much minimum to buy. Um, stuff like that. And, you know, there's a lot of surprises in there. You look at those, um, you look in those party sections, that's where this stuff comes from is those, not specifically Oriental Trading Company, but those same companies, that's where they buy their stock from. So you can find some weird, it'll say alien figure. Like I was in Party City this past weekend and in their generic party stuff, they had Figures of extraterrestrials. They're these little cool mini figures for like, a, you got 10 of them for like a dollar. Well, sometimes it may not be just some generic thing, or we've all seen that generic ninja figure. It's always in gumball machines or whatever. And don't sidestep those either. Those are pretty neat little figures. But sometimes they'll have weird stuff in there. I've gotten um, Pokemon bootlegs out of stuff like that. It's, it's totally possible, and you'll be surprised. Just the things you'll find in these. You know, gumball machines, there's not as many of them as there used to be. And when you do see them, it's usually just a gumball. <laughs> Go figure. Or uh, those stickers. We've all seen the stickers with like unlicensed pictures of Chucky and odd monsters on them. So even though you may not see as many of them as you once did, always give a look at them. Uh, you know, I'm always jealous of people in Japan and other Asian countries that has Gashapon machines because I just, I watch videos of people going to those all the time. And like on Instagram, I'll watch the various Gashapon, um, stuff because I'm so, I'm so keen into stuff like that. And a lot of that stuff's licensed. But there's there's some bootleg stuff floating in there too. But a lot of fun to be had in these machines. Probably why I'm so much into blind back stuff now as an adult is because of these machines and getting the random surprise. And who'd you get? I I think I got a Hulk Hogan. <laughs> stuff like that. Like, why do I have Hulk Hogan? He was supposed to be an alien warrior. <laughs> but that maybe that's why my mind works the way it does, is these machines. It's it's definitely there in it. Well, I think I've went on long enough i'm getting at an hour here and i've got some chores to do i've got a i got some stuff at the house i need to do and i need to exercise and i think i'm gonna have some i think i'm gonna make me avocado toast for lunch so i got stuff to do but one thing i never never don't have enough time for is to thank each and every one of you for listening Thank you so much. I know Zonebase isn't one of those huge household name sites. And I know this podcast isn't taking over the world or anything. But I, I, it's a labor of love for me. I'm not making any money off this. I'm not... Nothing's really going on other than me just expressing... Having fun with my hobbies with you. I think I expressed this with you before. But it means a lot to me that you listen. Um, it means a lot to me that you check out the site. It would mean a lot to me if you shared it with your friends. Share it, share it, people. If you know someone who likes this sort of thing, hey, check out this site. That's all I ask. Check out this podcast. You know, you know someone who's 
from the same walk of life, has the same interest, maybe they'd like it. Maybe they won't. But please, that's all I ask. If you could please share posts and episodes of this show and stuff like that, I'd really appreciate it. www.zonebase.org. Um, I'm online on various socials at Rubble Rob Springer on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'd really appreciate if you checked me out. Now, this podcast, I do not publish it by myself. I publish it through the TF Radio. Uh, excuse me, TF Radio.net uh, network. That's Radio Free Cybertron. You guys know that. Um, but at that website, Brian Kilby, owner of said network, would really appreciate if you checked out the ways to sponsor it. He'd really appreciate that. Um, tfradio.net. You check out all their shows and showtimes while you're there. You probably or are doing that already, but, you know, do it anyway. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. My name's Rob, and I'll be back next month with some more random crap. I don't know what I'm going to talk about yet. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Bye. Yeah.